Back to Legal and Business Affairs Basics for Podcasters, Business Licenses, LLCs, Trademarks, and more on this episode of Legit Podcast Pro. Welcome to another episode of Legit Podcast Pro, where I share tips and strategies and information to help creative folks like you make your content, have your impact, and achieve influence without fear or worry about the legal stuff. I'm your host, Gordon Firemark, <coughs> the podcast lawyer, and this week we're looking at a question I saw on uh, in the podcast support community on Facebook. So uh, let me get that open here for you, and... So the question came from um, Rachel, who asked a question about whether she needs a business license for her podcast. And uh, there were lots of opinions. Most were about other things like entities and taxes and DBAs and things like that. So I just want to address the actual question for a second. Here you can see Lee saying, well, it all depends on the state and the form of your business and had to file a fictitious business name statement. That's another name for a DBA, um, but not in Tennessee. And I would still get a tax ID number from the IRS. And that's not answering the question. Here's another one talking about a partnership LLC and so on and so forth. And I'll talk about those things a little bit. But to answer the first question, do you need a business license for your podcast? Well, unfortunately, the short answer is maybe. And the thing about it is, in this question, Lee is correct. It does depend on what state, actually what city, you're located in. So let's start by talking about what a business license even is. A business license is essentially a certificate that you've paid your taxes, a tax, uh, a business tax certificate. And in many places, the tax is actually sort of a property tax so that when you file it, they actually ask you what business equipment you have and so on and so forth. So what it's not is any specific permission to do what you're doing, which is what a license would maybe suggest is, is what's going on. It's not um, uh, anything that, that you need to get just in order to, you know, like a license to drive or a license to, uh, to operate uh, a restaurant or something like that. Those are other things. They come, you know, they're permits from the health department and, and things like that. You do not need anybody's permission to make a podcast. You don't need anybody's permission to speak your, your message, to, to share your message, because that's what freedom of speech is all, all about. Now, you might, though, need a business license to operate a business. And a podcast need not necessarily be a business, but if you are intending, it, it sort of depends on your mindset. If you are intending to make it a business, if you're intending to monetize what you're doing, then there's a good chance that you would need one. But you might not need one if all you're doing is just, you know, getting together with a friend and recording a show and putting it out there to see what people, what people think. And chances are even... Even if you did monetize it through your hosting company or or whatever and you collect a few bucks here and there, chances are that's not going to really amount to being in business for our purposes. So you might not need one, but ultimately you really have to check in with your local authority. Usually this is a city-level 
uh, business license tax. And so you're going to want to call your city or write or, or check out their website or whatever and find out what the criteria are. It's different for different kinds of businesses as well. So if you think of yourself as media, as the press, uh, oftentimes uh, there's exemptions for newspapers and uh, radio and television stations because, hey, First Amendment. The First Amendment is really strong here. It protects your rights to free speech. Now, there have been a couple of cases in my history as a lawyer. I've been practicing a little over 30 years. And a long time ago, back in the mid-90s, early in my career, there was a case that arose out of Philadelphia. And I just need to tell you, back then, obviously, there weren't podcasts and, and live streaming and things like that. But there was a blogger who was writing blog posts from his or her home in the city of Philadelphia. And um, and on the blog website had a banner ad, you know, Google AdWords kind of banner ad or whatever it was, and uh, was receiving a little bit. I think it was like 31 cents this person had received. City said, hey, you're in business. That's money coming in. You need to pay taxes. And the minimum, you know, the basic tax for a business license in Philadelphia was hundreds of dollars. So it was a big brouhaha. And that uh, blogger ended up, you know, making a lot of noise about it, and ultimately, I don't, I, I never followed up on how it actually turned out. But I believe the, you know, the path of least resistance was to pay the money and and uh, grit your teeth about it. Here in Los Angeles, where I at the time and still do represent screenwriters, uh, this a similar thing was going on, where the city of Los Angeles said, "Hey, screenwriters are in business. Yeah, all they do is sit there typing on a computer, or back then even typewriters, and." That's a a form of business, and they need to pay um, a business license tax. And there were a few cases where the screenwriters litigated it, usually because they'd received a, a penalty notice or something like that. And I think it went sort of both ways a bit. And again, I don't think anybody ever took it all the way for uh, uh, full outcomes. I'm going to have to go dig into that and find out a little more. My own situation as a lawyer, uh, at one point in my career, I... Uh, decided not to have a, a, a live, a real office in an office building. And instead, I rented a um, what's called a virtual office uh, at an executive suite where they'd answer my phones and, um, and my mail would go to this particular address. This one was in Beverly Hills. It was a lovely space. If I needed to go and have a conference with somebody, I could meet them there if I wanted to. But about two or three times a week, I would drive over to the office, the building in Beverly Hills, pick up my mail, and leave. If I spent 15 minutes in the building in any given week, that was unusually long. The city of Beverly Hills, because the, that company uh, put my name on a sign in the lobby, uh, the city of Beverly Hills concluded that I had a business in the city and they wanted me to pay the taxes, the business license tax, which in the city of Beverly Hills, as you might imagine, was rather expensive. So <laughs> I closed that office address. I, I moved to a different uh, uh, business address and uh, avoided that problem going forward. Uh, however, it's theoretically possible to get wrapped up in this kind of thing. So if you are podcasting from your home and not from a business address and you're causing nobody any harm and you're sort of under the radar, you can probably get away without a business license, even if technically the law says you need one. Now, as a lawyer, I can't give you the advice. First of all, this is a podcast, not an advice uh, venue, but 
I'm not giving you legal advice, but I'm just saying some people get away with it for years and years and years and never get caught. So uh, it's it's a judgment call on how you want to handle that. Um, obviously, the best thing is just you know do the do things right so you don't end up suffering consequences later on. This episode is brought to you by Easy Legal Forms and Templates for Podcasters. If you're a legit podcast pro, you want to protect your intellectual property and ensure that content is used appropriately. Easy legal forms and templates for podcasters can help. Our form store at podcastlawforms.com provides a variety of legal forms and templates specifically for podcasters, including host and co-host agreements, DMCA takedown notices, release forms, and much more. With these easy downloadable templates, you can customize the forms you need in just minutes. Plus, our affordable bundle and a la carte pricing makes it easy to get the protection you need without breaking the bank. Visit podcastlawforms.com today. Easy legal, affordable forms and templates for podcasters. Podcastlawforms.com. All right. The next question I want to get to as we proceed through our discussion of business and legal affairs basics is, do you need an LLC for your podcast? Well, let's get into that. It's a common discussion in the various online forums, and there's a lot of strong opinions about this, mostly from people who haven't really thought it all through. Now, that said, it is entirely possible that you will think it all through and conclude that you don't or that you do. And I'm just here to give you some information, hopefully, that will inform your decision-making about these kinds of things. So when we talk about an LLC, we're talking about a limited liability company. This is a legal entity that is recognized in most of the United States, I think it's all the states in the US now, recognize limited liability companies. What's an LLC good for? Well, the key thing, the one that most people point to right off the bat is liability protection because the LLC is a separate person in the eyes of the law and stands in the place of or or uh, protects, I guess you could say, shields its owners from liability for things that arise within the company's business. So that liability protection, it's, it's like a corporation in that regard. That's the other form that you might use. Here's the thing. Most of the time when two people, when one or two people hang out a shingle and just start doing something, any kind of a a business-like endeavor, and yes, podcasting it looks like business. Anytime you do that, you are exposing the owners, are exposing themselves to liability. Someone infringes a copyright. There's a breach of a contract. There's a statement made that hurts somebody's reputation, libel or slander, those kinds of things. And, um, and uh, all of those kinds of things can bring lawsuits and liability and risk. Now, insurance is certainly one smart way to handle those kinds of things. But if you've got any value in your personal asset pool, home, cars, bank accounts, those kinds of things, it is well worth it to separate yourself from the entity that incurs that kind of liability. And an LLC is a great way to do that. Another thing that LLCs offer is tax and banking advantages. One, you can open a bank account in the name of the company and keep the funds, the income, and the outgo separate. And many of the things that you can deduct at the business level can't be deducted by a person as an individual. So things like a health plan, things like a uh, reimbursement plans, benefits programs, all those kinds of things that you pay for as a company that benefit the owners the owner, if they bought those things on the open market, wouldn't be able to take a tax deduction. So 
uh, tax and banking advantages can exist. The separate identity, of course, is a very important thing for other reasons, too. And, and it, frankly, just provides sort of a kind of credibility. A lot of folks prefer to do business with a company. It gives a sense of stability and, and, uh, and permanence or duration. And that is actually a component. Another area is capitalization. If you need to raise money for a company, uh, to, for the operations of the business, you can sell membership or ownership shares of the company as a way of raising that capital and still retain uh, management and control of the company in, in certain ways. Now, this is starting to get into some complex legal structuring, but that's one of the advantages. It's possible to do that. Structure of ownership and the management and control of the company. Now, this is actually a form of a podcast prenup that I talk about if you're working with more than one person, you absolutely need to have some kind of an agreement or, or documentation or structure in place to clarify who owns what, who gets what, who's responsible for different things, all those kinds of things. And finally, another thing the LLC can offer is survival. If one of the owners or members of the LLC stops being a part of it for one reason, becomes disabled, dies, just chooses to check out, whatever, the business can continue on without them. And the uh, ownership of property doesn't have to be transferred and all those kinds of things. So that can be really valuable. Now, how do you get an LLC? Well, it's not very complicated. Uh, it's the kind of thing where you can file uh, the articles of organization with your local secretary of state. Uh, then once they've stamped it and sent it back to you, you prepare an operating agreement. That is the governing document of the company. And it outlines the relationships of the various parties and owners of the company. Even if you're a single member LLC, you should have a, a formal written operating agreement that documents these things. Because you never know when somebody else comes in or when you die and leave it to your children and they, the multiples, you know, they need to figure things out. You appoint an agent for service of process. That's another part of the filing with the, the state when you register your LLC. And then you issue your membership interests and certificates and file a statement, an annual statement with the, uh, with the state where you're located. You pay your taxes and this allows you to open your bank accounts and uh, you have a little bit of record keeping responsibility. And ultimately, any contracts that are being made would be made between the LLC and the other party rather than the individual person, the owner and the party. So if you need an LLC, please don't use those rocket zoom lawyer online kind of vending machine services. They botch them as often as they get them right. And I like to use the analogy of a, of a haircut machine. If you were walking down the street and you saw a vending machine, big box hanging about eye level with a hole in the bottom that says, hey, haircuts $1, stick your head in here. Would you put your head in there? Of course not. I mean, you might get a decent haircut or you might wind up missing an ear. Really, if you're, if you're anything but a plain vanilla shape and size of head, it's going to be a problem. And every company, every LLC is a little bit different. So... Uh, that's why I bring it to your attention. Just, you know, this is the kind of thing where you can do it yourself if you have the kind of help that we offer over at Easy Legal for Podcasters. Visit easylegalforpodcasters.com for a little more information about all that. That is my signature online course where I actually walk you through the step-by-step -step processes to forming your entities 
protecting your intellectual property, uh, documenting the relationships with all the people on your team, and of course, when it comes down to monetizing the deals that you're going to make with your clients and customers, your advertisers and sponsors and those kinds of things. So uh, forming an LLC, I think, is a good idea, but you've got to weigh the cost benefit because after all, in some places, those taxes can really be, well, you know, pretty, pretty significant. Um, so, uh, you know, that's something to just give some thought to. Now, the third question I want to address in today's, uh, uh, in today's session is whether or not you need a trademark for your podcast. Trademarks are distinctive brands, distinctive words or symbols or logos or marks or those kinds of things that are affixed to goods or services that are in the marketplace um, in commerce to distinguish them, to set them aside to, so that the audience, the customers know where this is coming from. Think of the red Nabisco logo on the upper corner of that box of cookies or crackers. Think of the Nike swoosh mark on the side of its shoes and clothing. Think of the little polo, a little polo player or, or alligator on uh, the chest of a shirt. These are things that tell you what company this comes from and those are trademarks. Well, the title of your podcast can be a trademark. If it's distinctive, that is not generic or merely descriptive, you can protect it as a trademark. And what that protection does is it affords you the opportunity to put a stop to other people using confusingly similar brands, logos, symbols, things like that, that would confuse the audience, the marketplace, as to whether it's your show or theirs and and whether there's a connection or support or, or endorsement or those kinds of things. So should you get a trademark? Well, if you have that distinctive title, or and this also goes for like a, a distinctive show segment or a feature or something like that, you can also trademark those kinds of things. Uh, it makes sense in many instances to do this, uh, especially if your uh, title is the kind of thing that you anticipate people will come in and, and you know try to confuse yours with theirs, those kind of things. So you get a trademark by filing a document with the government. Uh, it's, uh, uh, it, it's a relatively straightforward process. It's, it's not hard, although it's very detailed and technical, and you really need to know a little bit about trademark law, the lingo, and how to describe the goods and services and, and those kinds of things. The process takes about a year from the start of the filing to to getting a finished registered trademark, but uh, it is worth doing. The cost of doing it ranges. Uh, the government fees are about $350 for each mark for each class of goods that the mark is registered in, and that's an important thing is, you know, if you have uh, a particular mark in the podcasting space, you're probably not going to be able to stop somebody from using the same name for their medical devices or chewing gum or sneakers or something like that. But you should register in two classes for a trademark. That's one for the downloadable audio file, which is a product, as well as for the entertainment service that you provide when the show is streamed. So those are two separate classes. So you're looking about you know, $700 in government fees, and the legal fees will range. Now, if you'd like to know a little more about this, you can come on over to firemark.com slash trademarks. And uh, we have more information there on the website, firemark.com slash trademarks, plural. And uh, you can even click the button and sign up for a free consultation to talk to me in a little more depth about your brand, about your show, and whether or not you, uh, you want to register your trademark. Um, 
So uh, the one document, though, back to our, our topic, the one document that I say you must have for your podcast, whether you form an LLC, whether you do a business license, whether you register your trademarks, one thing that every podcast, at least every podcast that has guests on the show, needs is their consent and release to you recording them and publishing the episode, and that release really should be a written release, a document that they have acknowledged and signaled that they intend to be bound. And I'm happy to offer one for you over at podcastrelease.com where you can come and get that uh, that guest release absolutely free. I hope you'll join me uh, in, uh, in crusading for this. More people need to do this. All right, that's going to be it for this episode of Legit Podcast Pro. And uh, I look forward to speaking to you again really, really soon when I come back next week. I'm Gordon Firemark, the podcast lawyer, and I'll see you again really, really soon. Tanaya, hi. I, I hope you're still here. I see that you posted a question in the comments, and I just wanted to uh, touch base with you. Licensing footage and how much to charge. Um, from the from that, it sounds like you are the owner of that footage tonight. If you're still here, just say hi again in the in the chat, and I'll let you know. Otherwise, we'll talk. It says you uh, you reached out to me by Facebook, so you can we can do that too. But uh, I'd be happy to answer your question. So how how does licensing work, and how much to charge? Well, if you are the owner of a copyrighted work, some material that other people want to use, you are in a position to license that footage or material to them, and you can charge whatever the market will bear. The real question is, what will the market bear? Uh, and there's a lot of different ways to charge. The most common is just a flat fee. Hey, you're going to use it for this purpose. It's this many dollars. Uh, but if they're going to be releasing something that's going to be used over and over and over again, well, you might want to ask for a royalty. That is some percentage of their earnings or revenues or profits or something like that. Or it could be a fixed amount per copy or per thousand downloads or, you know, it sort of depends. So uh, I see you left me that Facebook message. I'm going to just invite you to reach out to me. You can go to firemark.com slash consult two zero. And uh, that's firemark, F-I-R-E-M-A-R-K slash consult two zero twenty. That'll get you a free 20 minute consultation with me. And I'd be delighted to chat with you a little more about this and uh, see if we can get you pointed in the right direction. Hey, Bashir, it's nice to see you. I'm glad you're you're checking in. Uh, I am uh, I am uh, always happy to see you. And that's that. Yeah, tonight, if it's rare footage, that drives the price up. Absolutely. So that's cool. Very cool, in fact. All right, I think that's going to be it for today. I'm going to sign off and say have a wonderful day, and uh, I'll see you again next week. I'm going to VidCon tomorrow, so I'm going to be out of the office looking forward to seeing people in the YouTube space and uh, just visiting with folks. That should be fun. So um, if you're going to be there, if you're going to be at VidCon on Friday the 23rd, look me up. Look for me. I'll be there after about 10 a.m., I expect. Got a podcast interview in the morning, and then I'm going to jump in the car. My daughter, Lily, is going to join me, and she's into uh, meeting people at, at, the, at the VidCon. So 
All right. With that, I will sign off and say thanks for watching. I'll be here again next week, if not sooner. Have a great day. Have a great week. Keep on podcasting.